0: deep in your soul. Hi, this is Nancy Urald, and welcome to High Road to Humanity. And I have a lovely lady here today. Nadia Davis is with me and welcome Nadia to High Road to Humanity.
1: Thank you for having me and thank you for the work you do. Oh, thank
0: you. She's written this really cool book, Home is Within You. And isn't that the truth? Yes, Nadia. Let me just give you guys a little bit um of information about this lady. Uh, she is a mom. She is an attorney. She's a victim's rights advocate. She's a kundalini yoga instructor. She's an author of Home is Within You. It's a memoir of recovery and redemption. And that's what we're going to talk about today. She is a survivor of trauma and abuse and a near fatal car accident, which we're going to ask her about. She said addiction issues, public shaming. She's had a lifetime record, though, of passionate work and dedication to improving the lives of others. She is most well-known as the attorney who fought tirelessly to free Arthur Carmona. Is that right? An innocent victim, wrongly accused and jailed for a crime he didn't commit. So she's really um, an advocate for people who are just not, you know, seeking justice. And I'm really glad she's here. She has a uh, bachelor's degree from UCLA. She has a GD from uh, Loyola Law School. And you can find her at Nadia-Davis.com. It's And, you know, Nadia... I know it took a lot for you to write this. Mm-hmm. Why'd you decide to write this? Tell us your story. You're, you grew up the youngest of seven children. You're a survivor of childhood trauma. Talk about this.
1: Yes, thank you for having me. I began writing my father's story and, and then Arthur's story. And it, it came down to their truth to feeling that their full story needed to be told. And by telling their story, I was able to connect, to connect with mine. Okay. And, you know, the the book is called Home is Within You, because that is the one thing that I wish that I had known when I was younger. Yeah. And every chapter begins with Dear Son, because it's the one thing that I hope to teach my children. And what I mean by that is a space where we can feel calm in our bodies and in our minds yeah. with ourselves, within ourselves, so that we can feel calm and safe in the world. And isn't that what we all want? Yeah.
0: Exactly. Right? Yeah. You know, and it's so true. I'm, I I have to stop you for a second because it's true. If I would have known when I was a little girl that right. home wasn't within me, but then, you know, you wouldn't be the person you are today, Nadia.
1: Absolutely. You know? <laughs> yeah. And we don't learn these things when we're young. We, right. we don't learn how our mind works. And to, to put all these concepts that are in the book into... A, a child's voice and vocabulary is is my life living the work every day for myself and the little girl within me,
0: mm-hmm. as well
1: as for my kids. And so yeah. as a preface, I want to say I'm no guru. I live the work. In the book, I refer to 12-step recovery. I refer to trauma work, a ton of different readings, um, A Course in Miracles. I
0: know you're like the third person. I just want you to know something. <laughs> so I've had The last three shows
1: Mm -hmm.
0: that I've recorded have all been people who have been inspired by A Course in Miracles. So last week I ordered it and I received it. And it's interesting. I've done a lot of the work that's in there that I didn't know that was in there, but I'm reading it and it's really in depth, but I want to say that everyone should read it because it's really enlightening.
1: It is. And actually my trauma therapist is the one that, um, connected me to it. Really? And yes. And so the reference of attack thoughts that I will refer to here comes comes from that. Okay. And so um, I encourage people to read the book because what I believe it provides is a roadmap into like where to begin. Mm -hmm. There's so much material out there. And there's so many people struggling that oftentimes we don't know where To start in our healing or in our enlightenment or to just get up and continue on in the day. And, you know, I can't put a bow on the story, Mm -hmm. but I do know, I do know, know this, that I grew up with a lot of mental intrigues. And I call them that because it was an understanding that I'm just a body and my thoughts from some childhood trauma. I, I was the youngest of seven mm-hmm. and I experienced some sexual trauma and then some racial bullying. And, and it just framed life as it's me right. versus the world. And I live in a box. And it really wasn't until you know, 10 years ago that I began to realize that I am not a body. I was offended when I first heard that and that I am not my thoughts. And so the more and more that I became aware that I'm, that our minds are survivalist in nature, I started realizing like, wow, all these ways that I've survived, all these thoughts that torture me sometimes. Mm-hmm. They're and that they create shame that they're their survival skills right and they attack me from the truth of what we all are which is infinite beings whole divine complete and so as i wake up in the day i always tell myself it's like i have a choice in every moment of every day between love and fear or judgment mm-hmm. and so I choose love today, which means self-compassion and then compassion for others. When I am in fear and judgment, I'm in this survival mode.
0: Right. So good job.
1: Good job. <laughs> it's too
0: bad you had to go through everything, but you learn so much. And you have three young boys, Diego, Harrison, and Elijah. How old are they? Can I ask?
1: Yes. So Diego is 19 and oh, wow. is studying astrophysics. Oh my gosh. The it, that I refer to in the book, the beginning of it all. And um, he was 12 when I, at the age of 44, had twin boys. And so they are now seven.
0: Oh, wow. That's a lot too. And you, you know, you've been through a lot. You were married to a public figure. Um, You know, do you want to talk about that a little bit and how that changed you?
1: Yeah. Let me talk about How I was living and who I was. Sure, go ahead. Go ahead. When I met him. Go ahead. Um, So, you know, the little brown girl in me, I, I found worth. By dedicating myself to saving the world when I when I was like very, very young, my father is an orphan field worker who overcame a ton of challenges and became one of the first Spanish speaking attorneys in the state.
0: I know I saw that. That was so amazing. Let's talk about him a little bit. I mean, I'm going Wally Davis. Um he was orphaned yeah. at the age of 9. You know, he also founded the Orange County Hispanic Bar Association. And I've spent a lot of time in Orange County. I was really, really? uh yeah, I was really um amazed by your dad talk a little bit about him I mean he was orphaned what happened do you mind telling a little bit of his story and how he became oh
1: I would love to
0: because he inspired you
1: he and his spirit are are truly truly what taught me at the darkest of times like this is not who you are well let's talk about him connect with your truth yeah yes so he grew up in Santa Ana and um, his mother died of tuberculosis when he okay. was nine. Okay. He was temporarily put in foster care and then he was raised by his grandmother, who was Native American um, and and her partner, long-term partner at the time, who was Mexican, Papa Leandro, so it's Mama Condi and Papa Leandro, Okay. and he worked in the fields um, with My grandfather, my great grandfather at the time. And um, he just had this belief early on that he wanted to help other people and that he was going to go to college, um, be the first. And he worked tirelessly. He was a janitor, um, a jazz musician, he was a stellar student. His last name was Davis so which is where the Ahashamem Southern California native comes in in the early 1800s. Okay. And so people would look at him he only spoke Spanish for the beginning decade for his the first decade of his life. Right. And um that was his core language. He was learning English eventually. Mm-hmm. And people would look at him and say, you know, well, what are you? You know, eres mexicano and porque you know, yeah. Andre Davis. And and he had this thing like, I am who I am. Right. And so when he began school, um, the children and as well as all the public places were segregated. Oh. He pushed himself through through high school went to El- to the local city college and then the Cal State University and then became the first Spanish-speaking attorney graduating from UCLA Law School. I love and it. When he started practicing law, uh, he noticed that there was a similar discrimination going on in a more modern form, mm-hmm. and it was where students were being tested um, in English only for aptitude.
0: Oh, Wow. And they didn't understand English. Okay.
1: Right. So they were being misdiagnosed as being mentally retarded. And so it was a modern form of discrimination called um, discriminatory ability grouping. Wow. And so parents were bringing this to his attention and he used Brown versus board and this local Mendez case sued the district and it ended up changing the law in the entire state. that children need to be tested for aptitude in their primary tongue and so so I watched him and he was amazing
0: also, amazing let me say that's just wonderful yes. I mean what work he's done you know and that was in California yes
1: yes okay yes yes um now the the household I'm the youngest of seven in a nine year span and my mom is an immigrant from Germany okay she's still a German citizen she's a resident here and um, you know, th- they did the best that they could. And yeah. there was not a lot of eye to eye contact, a lot of little, if, if any, just sitting down and, and saying what's, go- what's going on, um, a lot of how it was, how it's kind of still is, um as long as there's a roof over the, their heads and food on the table, you know, we're, we're doing a good job. And so, um, being the youngest, there was always a lot going on. Mm-hmm. And when things started to happen with a molestation in a doctor's office, and then okay. kids at school saying, you know, wash your face. I have a birthmark. Um, getting to wear my brownie uniform well you're already a brownie you don't need it I managed by hiding in the closet and we don't understand these things when when we're young
0: you didn't say anything to anybody you were too afraid
1: well I you don't understand what's happening I knew I had like disgust from the doctor in me and my mom did see my face after times and we never went back but there was no discussion of what happened and then at school the the I'm gonna show them I'm gonna get all the brownie badges I'm gonna you know yeah
0: you are going to prove yourself right
1: right Mm -hmm. that came up on on the outside but in in the home I mean I escaped in the world in my head with projects or when fearful just in this closet where i would cry and that mode continued throughout grade school i set off to save the world i was in student government i did canned food drives you know um, all kinds of amnesty international petitions what kid in the middle of orange county Yeah. (laughs) I love it. It, It's doing this stuff. Um, Some things were happening with my friends and eating disorders. There was religious uh, contentiousness at home between some of the older siblings and the younger ones. And so some of them left. Um, And I, I, Did some controlled eating for a period there. That's also part of the story. Um, Mm -hmm. And just was wanting to scream what is going on. But yeah,
0: yeah, go ahead. Well, no, I wanted to say you, you eventually you go to college
1: yes so I did go to UCLA
0: yeah and then you had a horrible thing happen at UCLA I couldn't believe this and I don't want to bring up every terrible thing that's happened to you because we've all had terrible things happen in our lives but you went through so much even when you you're 18 years old here you are your first year in college and you write you were violently raped
1: yeah college
0: I'm just like
1: seriously so in this fighting mode yeah, getting the stuff in the past and managing. Yeah, everything's going well, and it was a, a a brutal reminder and physical violation that was a stamp. You are a body, and I retreated into my body and an isolation, and it was further chiseled it is me against the world
0: Mm -hmm. and
1: it marked um my my living skills significantly for several years
0: like that did they catch him did they get the guy
1: i I believe that a friend whose confidentiality that I will keep sacred here, um, yes, found this person and held them accountable.
0: Good. i'm glad to hear that wow. you go you've been through so much um but you kept going i you remind me of myself a lot because that's i you know and all of us i mean we all go through so much but then you know i look at you today and i see such a well-rounded balanced woman who found herself on the inside which is what we're all looking to do is to you know find that love that spark mm-hmm. that comes from the inside i mean you went through so much stuff, but you're still an advocate, but you, let's continue on after college, you continue, you go to law school. What do you do? Talk, tell the audience about what happened. I don't want to tell your whole book.
1: <laughs> yeah, no. So, in, um, I almost missed the deadline for law school. Um, I was involved in a lot of student activities, um, to protect women's studies and minority studies at UCLA and nice. rape, um, not having addressed it. I was in an abusive relationship, um, struggling to get out. And I literally uh, called my dad the day before and told him that I was accepted uh, to Loyola Law School. And um, he said, get that in, and, and that's where I went. And my first year was was full of all of this is behind me. I see right in front of me how the law can can actually like change things for real. Right. Um I study abroad um, human rights and international law the summer before my second year. Awesome. And I'm feeling closer and closer to my father and seeing the layout of the land for the future. And um and I got a call and my father was gone, just like that. Um, He died of a heart attack playing basketball. And so again, I didn't understand Mm -hmm. at that time that there was this infinite soul I could still connect to. It was just nothing, nothing made sense in the world. Mm -hmm. He symbolized hope, light, goodness, And a really intense survival mode was instilled. Mm -hmm. Um, So I moved home to help my mom. I commuted every day to law school. And um, that became a blessing. um, As well as, again, it chiseled in this survival mode. Like, like I'm going to feel closer to my dad. I'm going to follow in his footsteps and... I know I keep saying save the world, but that really is how I found my my worth. Mm -hmm. And so I graduated and I began representing um, a wrongfully convicted youth. And um, was elected to the local school board and was living in the city where he grew up and on the school board of for the district that he had sued. So Mm -hmm. if that's not progress, I don't know what is. That's (laughs)
0: wonderful. Oh, he was probably just looking down going, God bless, you know. Can you imagine? Yeah, and there were imagine?
1: scholarships
0: um,
1: and and a school named in his honor. And, you know, I was feeling closer and closer to the future again. And this purpose, um, vast community of friends and just at the height of, of my career and just really feeling like I was flowing within.
0: Right.
1: Not addressed any of the prior trauma mind you so again in the survival mode and and again bam i was hit by a big rig on the way home from work and died temporarily Um, i had 22 broken bones a punctured lung my brain bled and i was not breathing when they found me and the experience of that is described more in the book, but right. the experience of that is really the message of the book is, is how we can indeed through meditation and through our breath, reach a pretty close state to what our true selves are that I experienced and was in the middle of. Right and
0: so was that the point where on the board, yeah.
1: yeah I was going to say
0: did you now do you remember did you leave your body or is it just um you finally decided okay this is it I'm going to go within I mean what what was it, it? Did no you,
1: there wasn't no a thought it none was of it. okay it just is and initially I can't explain kind of a sense where. Innumerable spirits, past, present, futures, merge. Everything makes sense. No fear, no judgment. And after that is inexplicable.
0: Okay. So Um, that's what changed you.
1: Absolutely. The
0: accident. Once you came out of it, you were a different person.
1: Yes. However, in a body, um, on life support, which I don't remember, right yet, after a month um, of being in the hospital and then waking up in a rehabilitation hospital where I had to learn to walk again and everything, although I left in a wheelchair, I didn't learn to walk there. Um, you said I'm out of here <laughs> the but the 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 natural course of recovery, physical recovery for anybody, so many people have gone through things is, you know, um, the message in the brain and the button in my hand to morphine is body, body, your body, your body. And so the stark difference in the experience with this infinite whole truth, and then being in a body is black and white but mm-hmm. I went straight back in to, I have to get up. I, I've got to try and move first. It just was my feet barely. Um, and then it was all the messages in my hospital room from the community in the middle of this Arthur Carmona fight for freedom case, the <laughs> Cincinnati Davis, we need you get better. And barely, barely waking up with consciousness Seeing this beanie baby from Arthur from jail, um, again that little just fighting instinct. The little brown girl was like, "Go save the world." They're gonna forget you. Actually, is what entered my head and fight for your roles and your identity. And that's literally what I did. I could, I wasn't standing yet, and you know the pain was just inexcruciable. Um, once I went home, no meds. And we, we don't understand how also with physical um, pain, mm-hmm. how medication, when it's given to you, how that has a physical allergy effect, let alone um, the memory issues, the processing issues, none of that. None of the childhood, young adult, physical pain, Mental processing—none of that was addressed. And so, what did I do? <laughs> we put our suit on. We put it. our clothes on. <laughs> oh my so god! I have an energy drink, and I go and I'm trying to inspire people to stand up for this innocent kid and rights. And and I start drinking to manage the pain. I'm super high functioning, and mm-hmm. it was in the height of that where. I met my ex-husband um and here I am really, really struggling. my closest friends knew when I was in pain or when you know um that they 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 knew, but they really didn't have all the details. it was um let's just get this done right now and again, the survival mode
0: mm-hmm.
1: um yeah so i met i met my ex-husband and made a plea to him for the brown kids in santa Ana. um we had a school bond and were landlocked and there was a piece of legislation prioritizing education over commercial use i was president of the school board at the time and uh i made a plea to him at a local function And he ended up tracking me down at the law office I was working for. He was standing attorney general at the time. And everyone looked around and was like, why is the attorney general calling Nadia Davis? And and asked me to dinner. It went straight over my head. um, Gave me a rose at the end because we were only talking policy. That's how we connected is Mm, super intelligent. Mm -hmm. not business even it was just it was issues that Mm -hmm. that's really you know what I adored about him and the only real connection I the age difference I knew it was big but I had no idea it was as big as as it is um and that was that and then a second date um a substance was presented and having had a couple of drinks um not realizing that this could potentially put me in an unhealthy situation is the word i will use i for the first time um tried a substance and and i ended up getting pregnant and that was the segue into a public announcement of a marriage that i likely Would not be in had I not made that choice.
0: I see. And
1: yeah, and so he, you know, with his own fears that I now understand today, yeah, um, managed what could have been a pretty ugly, painful public scandal. It's all in the book, so I say it all here. People can read it.
0: Yes, that's true. Yeah, that's true.
1: I again, I embraced what I saw was the good in this man who really never had kind of a a home family life and truly embraced me and the son that was in me at the time. And, um, he had told me that he loved me the first time that we were together, which was when I got pregnant. And, um, yeah, I mean, as a segue, he initially was not embracing of the idea, and I very, very, very independently made a decision. I'm going to raise this child on my own, and was not responding to his calls, and then mm-hmm. kind of in an unhealthy way went to this place of what is best for all of us and, um, entered the marriage kind of with that in, in my head Mm -hmm. is, is I'm, I'm not chosen. This is, uh, you know, a, a way to help this man publicly. Um, and a lot of sense of unworthiness within me. And I managed with all of that in the first years of the marriage by, trying to ensure that the home was calm and, and as he um, hoped it to be. And I traveled with our baby on the road with him. Yeah. Yeah. The longest he was away from Diego was maybe 48 hours. And so he really um, just completely fell in love with our son and felt like he had a family for the first time. Um, But the emotional closeness and the sense of really having a partner present was completely absent. And um, I started, I didn't even recognize it. You know how we do that? We get into this mode
0: and Mm -hmm. we look back
1: on a relationship and say,
0: now you look back and you can see it. But at the time you didn't see it. Right. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah. So, now, are your twins with him as well?
1: Yes. A lot happened before, between what right at in the story and then. Well, they're
0: going to have to read and find out all of this good stuff in here. But you do, you know, I want to uh, fast forward a little bit because we're only an hour show. <laughs> but, and I love your story and it's just so awesome because I, I see a lot of people that I talk to they've gone through so much stuff and it's the same kind of thing you know a lot of us um myself included I'll say you know we go through all this stuff and it isn't till we're older and we look back and we finally find ourselves and we go within and we find that spark within us that we can look back like you are right now and realize you can see it but at the time you're in it so you can't really see it but you progress so much like in 2018 I'm going to bring you forward you became a certified kundalini yoga instructor. And I'm sure that changed you because I can say for myself, when meditation came with me, that's when I really connected with the divine. That's when things really changed. I would imagine that's when you became, went within, is that right?
1: Yes. And I have to go back a few years. Okay. Because when I found kundalini yoga. Okay. Okay. I was in the depths of darkness and despair,
0: okay,
1: And there had been treatment, jail, hospitalizations, suicidality, that was mainly the source or caused by a ton of outside shaming.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: um a few years into the marriage, in the survival mode, I, interacted and had a personal relationship with a man that I had met where I had sought help Mm. uh, for my drinking. Mm -hmm. And um, my ex-husband and I were separated. We were trying to um, walk through a variety of things. Um, I had had some trauma triggers and some of his responses were very unhealthy. And so um, during the time that I reached out for help, I met a man and um, we had an intimate relationship for a short time and I did not know that he had taken video and um had intended on on harming me and my family.
0: No, this is SC in the book. Correct. That's what I think. Okay. So
1: I don't know if prior to that it wouldn't have been such a long road if I had been able to go and just privately seek the help that I needed to deal right. with my own shame. But what that did is he um, blackmailed us. There was a, a very violent assault. He went to the press and they turned it into this drug and sex scandal where here was a whole human being struggling with mental health, struggling with trauma, managing with addiction and completely created a story that was shaming. And so from that point, I did not know where to start. Mm -hmm. And I think that's where a lot of people are, is we don't know where to start. There's so much solution and readings and and we do our best in every day. But what I found when I walked into a trauma um, and addiction treatment center for women who introduced me to Kundalini yoga is that I had to first feel safe in my body Mm -hmm. and to realize that I would, none of that stuff was the truth that the only truth that mattered, the only truth that does matter is that we are all infinite beings, Mm -hmm. whole divine and complete. And we come from this source, whatever you want to call it, Right. We are in these bodies with these thoughts and they separate us. It separates us. That's why I call it attacks. It separates us from that only truth and Kundalini yoga with breath work. Yeah. Got me to a place where I can even hear that. Cause to be told you're not a body is like, well, what are you talking about? <laughs> I so love the breath it. work and sitting and just, recognizing the the physical pain triggers that were maybe causing a flashback or the opposite just started to slow things down nice you know
0: yeah yeah I went through a divorce a couple of years ago, maybe God's three years ago now and um what really helped me and I is all the, all of you wonderful people who have come on the show, But truly, the best thing has been to connect and to quiet the mind, like you're talking about, Mm -hmm. and to connect with the divine and to just love yourself, learn to love yourself, we're never taught to love ourselves. And I could see that as you were speaking when you were a young girl and same thing I can remember, you know, and now we're older and we're like, oh, if we just would have known to love ourselves on the inside, that's, you know, and to connect with that energy, that loving energy that loves us no matter what, you know what I mean? We are
1: born from and in like this, this innocence, and it's Mm -hmm. always there and can always be Mm -hmm. tapped into. Yet even that word, innocence can be triggering and so what I learned is the mind again it has been merely trying to survive Mm -hmm. and it has these you know polarities and these ways of black and white that we think in and and we often live in this space here yet when we see that the whole package (laughs) separates us From this infinite, um, the whole world opens. No matter where anybody is at on their journey, one of the things in Kundalini Yoga that was like very eye-opening to me was the Japji language. And so I've I've been certified in level one and then in three level. um, We'll talk
0: about this. Tell people what this is because people I don't know what this is. Tell me
1: what this is. Nadia, <laughs> kundalini yoga well is... no, the,
0: well the language that you're speaking of
1: okay okay so Japji, um it's basically a set of plates or phrases that a man guru nanak wrote after a near-death experience he does not he did not you know pretend to be jesus in fact he was the opposite he would go out on the streets and try and and you know do these meditations with folks but it is the most beautiful, uh, long poem that anybody could really write if they were trying to describe like existence and the universe. And the first words is what I connected with. And, you know, it's Ekon kar Satanam Kartapurik Nirvo Nirver Akal Murat Ajuni Sebang. Go prasad, and it sounds all weird, just like Kundalini. What, does it, like mean? what does it mean? <laughs> but it's, it's, it was so basic. It's like, ek is from is everything and nothing. My astrophysicist son, like, related to this. I love it. He'd say that he was agnostic, but now he knows that what he's studying and the first sparks and whatever is out there, then, un- yeah. you know, yeah. formula. Um, that his physics can't quite come up with. But anyway, so from everything and nothing is ek, ong, movement, something moved. Something was created, Car is, everything was created. And satnam is your true self, your mm-hmm. true identity. And the most powerful part is that in that space, nirvana without fear, without judgment. Mm-hmm. And just connecting with that only truth for me every day, I can find that middle ground with all the other work, all the other work, 12-step work, trauma work, mindfulness work. It's like, okay, this is the one truth. Mm-hmm. The rest is my mind surviving. And this will probably be a lot of fears and judgments based on roles, based on how we each find worthiness. And the beauty of it is that when I am aware of my own, it gets really, really powerful when I can see when others are in their fear and judgment. Mm -hmm. And so It just becomes this ever evolving, beautiful source of blessings. And I always say, again, we have a choice every day between love, which is a self-compassion and then the Mm -hmm. compassionate responses to others and fear and judgment. It was
0: beautifully said, by the way, Nadia. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, it's true because, you know, I can sit here all day and say, hey, you guys got to go within. It's not on the outside. It's on the inside. But say, tell us, tell us again the words again, just you know, so we can hear you say it again. The beginning, the beginning,
1: the Jati. Uh huh. Say it again. It's called the Mool Mantra if anybody wants to look it up. Okay. And yeah, and yes, it's called the Mool Mantra, or you can contact me on Instagram and I'll send it to you. Yes. It's Ek Ong kar satanam karta purik Nirvo, Nirver, Akal murat, Ajuni, Sebang, go Prasad And then there's this part at the end, it's like odd such jugad such happy such non be such. And he literally is saying to himself, like, hooray, you know, this is the only truth. And
0: I figured it out.
1: <laughs> I love it. It's so basic and simple. It's like, yeah. yeah. It's so basic and simple. Awesome. So. It's so awesome.
0: I'm so glad you came today. It's so wonderful to hear your story. How long did it take you to put this together?
1: I began writing in early, I mean sorry, in late 2019, early 2020. And then COVID hit.
0: Oh wow. And so you Oh, so it was
1: really nice. Yeah. <laughs> I and love so it. I it took me um it took me 10 months to a year. Um now I had Written, I love writing. I really, really love writing. I had oh. written little pieces from my father's story and then a lot of journaling, a lot of step work, um, mm-hmm. as well as stuff while I was in treatment and trauma therapy and things of that sort. So I started by going through a big, big pile of stuff. And then I had kind of outlined, um, had some different titles. And a friend said to me, just sit down and start. And so where I was able to begin was in telling my father's story. Mm-hmm. And that kind of interlinked with messages in the future. And that's where there are letters to my sons. And I know I think it's
0: <laughs> it's cool. She has she writes letters at the beginning of each chapter, you guys. Home is within is the book, you guys. What's what are you doing today and what's up next for you, Nadia?
1: So Every day I wake up and I return to my home within, and then I go to my meeting, my wonderful fellowship, and then I do my emails, and then I have the blessing of doing this. The um, the next couple of days, I have a couple other interviews. Nice. Um, And then I get my kids at three. And so between this and that, it will be a variety of things, a lot of writing and a lot of uh, normal chores. You know, you're busy you're
0: chores busy. and yeah.
1: yeah well, so have... there are there are book events coming up.
0: Tell and tell us about them.
1: Yes, yeah, so May thirteenth is Village Well Books, and that is in Culver City, and that is at five o'clock. And then our Vita Books in Tustin is the twentieth. Bell Canto Books is June fifteenth, and then we'll have some online stuff also. Um, I also do spiritual advocacy on Fridays, and that is really about banning shame. That's how we can ban shame within how that's advocating for our spirit. And so we talk about different nice. um, spiritual things and mindfulness things. This Friday, I will be um, having another discussion with Priya Jane, okay. who's the founder of Seventh Chakra Yoga and wrote a book okay. about Japji.
0: How does the audience connect with you if they want to?
1: at Nadia Maria Davis on Instagram, and then www.nadia-davis.com can connect you with everything. That's fabulous. So.
0: Look at the person you've become. So awesome. So yeah. awesome. I love the book, Homes Within. You're going to help a lot of people. A Memoir of Recovery and Redemption to so let you know it can be done, you guys. Thank you for joining me today. I really appreciate it. Thank you. Okay, you guys, we're going to get out of here. If you want an angel reading, go to my website, nancyyourout.com and book your date and time. Thanks everybody for joining us today. I hope you have a fabulous week and God bless.